everyone and welcome back to Goths Do A Podcast. How you doing? Today we are talking about TV shows. What are you watching and what are your go-to shows, comfort shows, all of those sort of things and what we would recommend really. Today we have the Goths, myself, Crystal, Emily, Bella and brand new to the podcast Goth, Louise. Hey guys, I'm Louise. My interests include watermelon, death metal and rats. And I'm happy to be on the podcast. Hope you enjoy. Right, well, what the fuck have you been watching then? Good <laughs> <laughs> fucking start. Cool. What have we been watching in the last week? An excellent question. Well, I know Crystal's answer is going to probably be true crime. It actually has. I have been watching so much true crime on Netflix. I started off with, um, like, Son of Sam, went down the Night Stalker and all sorts and so yeah I've just been on a massive true crime binge true crime binge that's really hard to say (laughs) (laughs) you find it interesting how in some of the true crime stories the um some other serial killers that you've watched previously pop up in other serial killer stories I'm beginning to recognise investigators. Yeah. Like uh, the name will came up came up the other day, and I was like, I recognise the investigator's name, and it turns out mm-hmm. he had done something for the Hillside Strangler, and I was like, Oh yeah, I know all about that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, to what be fair, about the ho- the hotel. Oh, the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was oh, they were talking about that. Like, so I think they were talking about the Night Stalker in that one too. Yeah, yeah, they the did. That I know. Yeah. I like, oh my god, look at me, get me. I- desperately want to stay at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, I know it's so haunted and <laughs> even by the, the demons of its past, but oh my god, I so want to stay there. But yeah, they've had, um, obviously there was Eliza Lamb, um, and then, yeah, the Night Stalker stayed there, and that's the last uh, confirmed sighting of the Black Dahlia as well. Hmm. Why would you want to stay there? That's a very excellent <laughs> Um Mainly just, uh, I love the history. I love the history of these places. I think it's why I love, um, I mean, I've got, you know, I'm a goth. I've got some morbid curiosity here. I like to hang out in graveyards, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's why I really like the true crime ones as well, because they really delve into the psychology. Why did they do these things? I mean, I don't really need the graphic details of what happened. That's not exactly what I'm about. Sometimes I do have to tune that out. Um, the cool bit. <laughs> says the nurse <laughs> but yeah for me I, I really love the way they delve into um how they got caught as well the whole like investigation thing it's like watching an episode of Sherlock you know the way that they managed to figure out like the night stalker they almost lost him because they were using the shoe print in order to catch him um and link all the crimes together and then someone leaked that to the press and that was a whole drama thing. Oh my god, I like shrieked at the TV when that happened. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, no, I, I say I really love watching um, those sort of shows just for the. I, 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 I find the psychology of these things very interesting. And I mean, I watch a lot of documentaries. And um, I've been watching Dark Tourist as well, which is Ooh. a similar vein. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that's about people who go to places like the Cecil Hotel because of its dark history. Um, some of the places he's been to, um, I would never go, ever. Um, mainly because, like, you know, it's, there's a dictatorship or it's war-torn. But people do, like, people 
do go to these places as a tourist thing to say that they did. It's, it's almost like a challenge. That, no, that's not what I'm about. I wouldn't mind going to the Cecil Hotel, but I'm not going to, you know, a... Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> I, I would fun. love to go to Chernobyl. <laughs> I would you love would you be to doing do that. that, though? Like, the radiation is so crazy. I can't remember where I watched. Maybe it was Dark Tourist. One of those. Yeah, because he goes they, to Chernobyl, yeah. Yeah, well, they went to Chernobyl, and then they had those little meters where they read the radiation, and it's, like, safe above a certain amount, and everyone's beepers were going off, and yeah. the tour guide was like, let's go further. Yeah, the tour goes, nah, it's fine, we do this all Just the time. And the tourists are freaking out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd love to do Chernobyl, but I would not actually in real life like to go to Chernobyl. Maybe Just... in a hundred years' time when the radiation is less. No, no, just do it when you're like in your sixties or seventies, and you've only got True. X amount of life left anyway. No, I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of the shows I've been watching recently have been very sort of true crime. Uh, yeah uh related at the moment i don't know why i'm in that sort of mood but i don't know i just i'm really delving into the psychology and as it's playing on the tv anytime they mention as you say like another killer or anything like that i start googling them so i'm sat there on wikipedia researching other serial killers while i'm watching a show about serial killers <laughs> are you trying to tell us something <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but yeah, that's mainly what I've been watching lately. Well, I have gone for an old, uh, oldie but goodie recently because I have been reading far too much to watch anything new. I've been watching Big Bang Theory again. It's just Ooh. easy to watch. It can be on in the background. It, Yeah, that's what I've been watching this week, really. I have watched one episode of Mandalorian I hadn't seen before um, because I had like... 45 minutes where I didn't feel like I needed to be doing everything at once and that is for a different podcast um, <laughs> but yeah so I've been just watching Big Bang Theory again and I've got to the good bit because obviously everybody knows it gets better when all the girls are involved um, so that, that, that's been what I've been watching so I'm on I think season 6 again so I don't have a lot to talk about because I'm sure all of you have seen Big Bang Theory <laughs> well the thing is yeah with Big Bang Theory I think there's a very sort of almost like a Marmite thing about it some people hate it with unyielding passion and some people absolutely love it they think it's great nice and nerdy and just as you say like easy watching so it's yeah. really fascinating seeing um like two people watch the same show and yet they come away with completely different well it's like i know, know some of the hating it like when my partner watches certain episodes in the background he pays world of warcraft and uh, some of the things they say happen in the game apparently can't actually happen in the game like in yeah. Big Bang Theory, they claim you can have sex in the game, but apparently that's not a thing. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. So that annoys actual nerds who play things like World of Warcraft and stuff that they don't actually do it properly. They've changed it to fit the plot. Um, we... In the same breath, it gets me excited. Like in that World of Warcraft episode, for example, they were talking about like Thunder Bluff, and me and my sister were like, oh, "I know where that is." <laughs> <laughs> you feel scene don't you because my dad when he first started watching it he could not stand sheldon could absolutely yeah. not stand sheldon he changed um, him though well yeah that's the thing is once he got past i think like season one or two um, he then was like actually i love this show because my dad is the world's giantest freaking nerd like <laughs> he's not into science or anything like that he's not that sort of nerdy but comic books uh tv shows he gets almost every single joke <laughs> so yeah he loves it because he's the exact kind of like really nerdy 
person who who gets every time they yeah every time they make a reference to any kind of comic book or superhero he gets it and he loves it yeah i i, I think it's great especially when they in, involve the girls later on so obviously you've got penny who's the ditzy blonde that lives across the corridor but then they introduce a- amy and um Benedict. Bernadette, I can't believe I forgot her name. Um, <laughs> they introduce Amy and Bernadette, and they're actually the, not as nerdy as the boys, but they're into science. They're both really clever, and they're both actually really funny as well. They're not. I just find them way device. more interesting than the boys. Yeah, and like them trying to like sometimes like they went to they play hooky for work and like went to Disneyland and dressed up as Disney princesses and all of that kind of stuff. And they're a good mixture between girl being girly girls and being really into science really into like niche kind of things um and it makes as as a female viewer it makes you feel a bit more seen than just watching these four nerdy guys in a ditzy blonde oh yeah as a as as a female uh yeah <laughs> uh, um as 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 a woman in stem i love it i love the fact that they are uh, portraying oh, it's a positive portrayal of women in stem and I love that so much because I've gone through a lot of shit when I first started working in IT and a lot of it was, you know, because of, unfortunately, I am a woman. Um, it's not so bad now. Um, I, I think also it very depends on the team you work with. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice that younger generations are going to see that and younger women are going to look at that and go, hey, I could work in STEM, they did it, and they are full characters who didn't have to sacrifice anything to be a career woman as well. I mean, yeah, there's drama and shit, but yeah. quite a lot I of the time. I think it's super interesting when they talked about Bernadette's pregnancy and how she didn't want to announce it at work. Mm, yeah. Those are yeah. like real world issues that like yeah. they don't get talked about, about how you're, oh, you're a pregnant woman, you're stigma, people are trying to get your job, blah, 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 blah like they don't like women don't put pictures of their kids on their desks and things like that like i think it was interesting that they talked about that yeah, yeah. and the other thing with like bernadette and howard what i found really interesting is when um bernadette got her doctorate because obviously she he's only got a master's degree and blah 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 and she earns loads more money and they did show the dynamic shift slightly with them because they end up having an argument because she buys him a, Ro- a rolex um and things like that and I just see how that how they've shown those things, but it does not come from a, to- a toxic place. Like Howard takes it on the nose most of the time, um, and that's like I-, I like seeing that dynamic between them. Mm. Anyone else got anything they've been watching this week they want to talk about? I'd like to say I've been watching something new, but I haven't. I've been rewatching Dexter um, the past couple of weeks. Like I never finished it when I originally watched it. I got to like season six. And then just I kind got, of gave up. Yeah, I never finished it either. Yeah. Because um, after season four, my heart broke and I can't. I just can't. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm realising, like, how much there is that I'd forgotten that happened. Or, like, things... Because I'm up to season two now. And, I like, things that I thought happened later on actually happened really early. Um, so it's been quite good to rewatch, And it's nice, like, having... Because I've I've also been watching a lot of the like crime stuff on Netflix, so it's nice to watch something that's like still in the same vein, but is more fiction. So it's like slightly yeah. less gritty and depressing <laughs> than uh, slightly, yeah, slightly, slightly. But um, yeah, it's been it's been really good to rewatch. I I have gotten way into like rewatching shows just way too much recently, but it's all right. It's all right. I never really got into Dexter. Really? Yeah, I remember my mum really watched it, but 
it, it sounds really rich coming from me. There was too much swearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the thing that put me off Dexter, is they seem to be throwing an F-bomb in every other word. And yeah, sometimes I talk like that. But it was just kind of jarring to see almost every character talking like that. And it just seemed really forced. And I never got past the first few episodes. Yeah, his sister swears a lot. But I will say it mm. does kind of die down as it kind of goes on. Um, I think it was because at the time it was like it helped her kind of come across as like very strong and independent. Right. Um, but it, it does. I, well, I don't know if it dies down or you just notice it less. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> yeah. don't think she swears as much as it goes on, but maybe I've just gotten used to it. Yeah, because I, I, I really liked Dexter when it first came out, and then um, I'll try not to give spoilers, but it has been out for ages, so if I do, um, that's I mean, kind of on you. I mean, I still don't know how it ends. <laughs> so, uh... Well, I, I, I only got, so I got to near the end of season five, but season five, because of a major character death in four, I was just like, something's missing and I couldn't work out what it was and I just assume it's probably because this character's missing and mm. it just it just didn't feel I couldn't I yeah I wasn't grippist by season five but because I, I brought it on the first five seasons on DVD back before you know streaming and binging that way was really yeah. a thing um and I binge watched it so maybe it's because I had I watched season four and five too close together because obviously people who watched it when it aired would have had like six months to a year to get used to the fact that this character was dead <laughs> yeah that is one of the things that i'm really noticing with like binge watching is you don't have time to digest anything yeah definitely because it's such yeah, it's a different like... way of watching because it used to be yeah you have to catch it on tv and it'd only be once a week mm. or you'd be watching it on dvd and even then there's only what three episodes in a dvd yeah. so um that's the thing, you don't have that, like, weak wait anymore. When, like, an mm. episode ends on a cliffhanger, you don't have to, like, wait and see what happens. You could just be like, oh, just press next episode, that's fine. When I was, um, I finally watched Mandalorian uh, recently, mm. and the reason it took me so long to watch is because I waited, because it came out weekly, I waited for it all to come out, and I sat there and watched the whole thing in a day. <laughs> like, even if it is coming out weekly, I know it's going to be available for me to watch on demand mm. as soon as the last episode airs. So when the last yeah. episode airs, that's when I will sit there and I'll watch the whole season. I, that's what I do now if it's released weekly. I would rather just wait and risk the spoilers than waiting weekly. I can't do it. I just can't do it anymore. I get spoiled very often, but I think that's because I stay off Reddit. Whereas like my partner, he will watch things weekly still when they come out on Disney Plus and stuff just because he's constantly on Reddit. And that's where you get all your spoilers from. <laughs> the last time I did that was Game of Thrones. And that's because at the time I was very, I was really into Reddit at the time. And I was part of a bunch of Game of Thrones things. So if I didn't watch it, um, yeah, I was going to get spoiled. And we also discussed it at work. So yeah. it was really hard when one of the members hadn't watched it yet, like at work. And we'd all have to start using euphemisms <laughs> to describe what happened while we're discussing it. Because we're just too excited. But yeah, let's not talk about the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I still haven't watched it because I wanted to read the books first. I still have never read the books. Well, the books haven't been finished yet, so... Yeah, you may as well just watch it. Louise, what have you been watching? Oh, um, probably a complete different genre from everyone else. The thing I've been binging right now is Below Deck. You know it is Deck? so good. <laughs> what is it? Below what Deck. is it? Imagine reality TV <gasps> meets... Young attractive people meets boat. Um, <laughs> they are so Love Island on a boat. They are on 
like either a sailing yacht or a, like a 50 foot massive yacht and they are the stewards and the deck crew and they're they're into personal drama all whilst trying to make the experience perfect for the guests oh there's cheating there's betrayal there's near-death experiences it's everything it's and i live fantastic. for it, it like love island me um come dine with me meet some other kind of like big brother house <laughs> drama <laughs> You cook for them and then you have to sleep next to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're trying to make it good for the guests. Oh, what's that hotel one, the reality TV, where people come to your hotel? Oh, four in a bed. Four in a bed. Yeah. I mean, That's good. it's a very extreme version. Because <laughs> I don't really watch reality TV. Oh yeah. I think God. the last thing I watched was I Am Celebrity, but that's only because I knew like everyone that was on it this year. So I was like, no, you... I'm going to watch uh, that. You should Below watch it. Next level. It's yeah. so binge-worthy and you hate everyone. Honestly. But there's that one person that you root for and then they turn bad and you're like, who do I have? But then the yeah. new season starts, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you get returning crew and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. She's back. Yeah. Oh, I love like, them all. Yeah. Yep, like Ben. Captain when Lee. when Ben came back, I was like, yes, I'm I'm here. Chefs are always crazy. They're always crazy. Always insane. And the food looks amazing. I don't I still don't know what Ahi is, but they have it every night. Ahi. Ahi tuna, I think. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So is it is it a reality TV show? It's not like a fiction yeah. or anything. No, no it's reality TV. So there are oh. it's actually a whole industry of like people go on yachts for mm. whole charter seasons mm. and live on them for like months and months and months just being a stew so just serving guests dinner and cleaning up the boat and people who like help the boat drive also like this whole it's a whole industry mm. and they go from different boat to boat and get big money that's the that's another thing they get huge get tips so at the end of money. it Oh, you get loads of money for being on cruise ships and stuff. Yeah, they get nurses. You get. You got to put up with so much shit, though. <laughs> you're stuck on the. Usually, you're stuck on the ship for like three months, three six mm. months, depending on what your contract is. You literally can't like go home. Yeah, you're and like the, the second episode, there was like oh, one of the guests put cocaine on the oh, yeah. boat, and then you're like, well, obviously, look at them. Like they were actually <laughs> acting insane, and I'm like, I could have told you that. And then the captain was like, well, we've got to stop the charter because then I could use my captain's license oh my god guys i'm so excited you to watch it it's so good and the thing is they're all like like really really entitled because they literally do like people will hire it for a weekend right so they pay like a hundred thousand dollars to hire a boat for three days and the staff just can't even be nice to them and behave for three days like it's not hard they'll like go out and get drunk and they'll argue with each other in front of guests, and then they'll complain when they only get like two thousand dollars in tip for three days' work. Guess it's you like, weren't so oh. rich then, huh? And it's like, <laughs> bro, they paid so much for this yacht, and you couldn't even bring them an espresso martini or yeah. something. <laughs> oh, it's so good! Oh my god! Okay, I might have to watch. This. <laughs> so I think it's on Netflix now. Um, I'm mm. watching on Hey You, um, but it's on Netflix now. You see, I, I don't really watch a lot of reality TV shows. Um, My life. I get I get really stressed out watching them. I watch some funny ones, like uh, Nailed It um, yeah. on Netflix, which is when they bring in people who cannot bake to bake really fancy cakes. And it's fucking atrocious. It's beautiful to watch. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, I love watching yeah. those kind of reality TV shows. Like, I don't really watch, like, Big Brother or, or Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I can't even remember the names of them. Um, 
Yeah, I don't really watch any any of those sort of ones. We've never really watched reality TV as shows in my parents' house. Like, we used to watch the original Big Brother when it was the social experiment, when it was, like, season one, two, three. And then, you know, it kind of went off on its own and did whatever Big Brother house did. And Dad's always been re- really against it. And then he started watching The Voice? Yeah, The Voice, because he said... Because he likes the fact that they it's a blind test. So, like, X Factor, obviously, they're picked on how they look as well as how yeah. they sound and all of this. Whereas, obviously, The Voice, at least for the first round, a couple of rounds, it's just based on how they sing. So if you're a good singer, you'll get picked, basically. Mm. Uh, But other than that, we've never watched reality TV. And then um, this year, so I've never really watched it as an adult either. Um, But then this year, um, Celebrity Get Me Out of Here was there was, I think, three people. I didn't know who they were. Because usually it's all like Z-list celebrities who are just trying to make a small comeback or something. Um, whereas because it was in Wales and in the middle of a pandemic, like they had Mo Farah, they had Genovara Thatcher, they had Shane Ritchie on. It, and they were all hilarious together. Like Mo Farah seems like such a um, like diamond of a man because he was so funny and he was so sweet to his other campers. Which, yeah, because I, I work shifts, I missed half of it. So I got a free trial for ITV HUD so I wouldn't have adverts and then binge watched it in like three days. <laughs> Yeah, I think my uh, one of the issues I have with reality TV is when they uh, lean really hard on the sob story. Yeah, when they yeah when they lean really hard on the sob story, it's just kind of takes away from the rest of the show. I find because they're yeah. clearly only brought on because of the sob story. It doesn't matter what their talent is or whether they're a good personality fit or something like. That. Yeah, I and I find things where, for example, especially the later seasons of Big Brother they deliberately would choose people who would fight and they off camera allegedly would incite drama and that's not what i'm about i really don't like that yeah they do that like at love island it came out like one of the girls was having such a bad time like and then she told producers like i think i'm ready to go home like I, i don't know i think i'm ready to go home i'm not feeling great um my mental health is taking like a toll, blah, blah, or the, you know, as it would, mm. being away from your friends and family and constantly being in a bikini. Um, <laughs> and they were like, no, you should stay. Like, I heard this person likes you. You should make conversation with this person. Like, they really egg it on, on those kind of shows. But the reality shows that I watch, like Below Deck, like Real Housewives, mm. I just think they're jarring people and they just put a camera in their face. Yeah, it's it's like the, you like the more like the fly on the wall kind yes. of thing. So yeah. like when you're watching like 24 hours in A and E, it's actually what happens in A and E. Or I don't know many other oh, reality TV shows Border to name Patrol. them. I watch so much freaking Border Patrol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why. I think because my parents found a um, a Border Patrol set in New Zealand, and so my I'm from New Zealand. My parents are from New Zealand, so they loved it because it was you know a bunch of Kiwis and it was the most ridiculous things that people would try and like bypass and you know people would come in like very clearly smuggling drugs and be like no no that's not my drugs it's definitely not my drugs (laughs) no i've never seen those drugs before a day in my life oh it's brilliant yeah those are the sort of ones i like where um uh, like i used to watch a lot of the uh police ones as well um where they just it's a guy with a camera sat in the back of the police car filming them do their thing I love those ones. Like the airline ones. Yeah. They, I love, what is it called? It was just always EasyJet. And it was always people yes. trying to get away with dumb stuff. You've arrived 30 minutes late to your flight. The plane has left. We're on the next one. There is no next one. The next one's tomorrow. And they just freak out. It's like, you arrived late. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I love I love those ones, mainly because I don't have to work with the general public anymore, so it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> makes it so much easier, yeah. If I had to work with the general public, it might not be as funny, because I'd be like, oh yeah, I did that today. <laughs> so, listeners, what have you been watching recently? Let us know in the comments below. So, what are your favourite shows? So, I know what my favourite show is, and it's finished a million years ago, but it's still my favourite show. Three guesses. Scrubs. House. No, House. <laughs> it was one of them. Could have been either. Uh, no, no, House. It's, uh, I love Hugh Laurie. His accent is so, American accent is so good the Americans thought he was American. Because <laughs> recently he's been in something with his English accent and they're like, he does such a good British accent. And everyone else has stood there going, no, he is British. But yeah, I just love House. And like, even like their writer strike thing is in, that's how old it is. It was when the writer strike happens back in the noise. Like the, the that last episode of that season, every single time makes me cry, and um, that's a testament to how good it is. And also, nine times out of ten, there's a couple that I'm like, that's wrong, that's just wrong, being the nurse. Um, but most of the time, their medicine's pretty, pretty good. Um, I have watched someone take their like rip it apart kind of thing. It was a doctor, and one of his things was, You're, you're taught to look for horses when looking for medical diagnosis. It's like, yeah, but you don't get to the house without someone already doing that bit house is looking for the odd things that nobody else will look for but yeah i really i love house and i just yeah i haven't watched it in ages though i was gonna say what makes you want to rewatch it again it's just um so house is doesn't care what anybody thinks he is just an ass and he he is fine with everyone thinking that he's like that and but he has a really good relationship with his best friend Wilson. He and then you see the relationships bloom between his three junior doctors that work with him. And it, yeah, I just and there is drama. I I do love a good drama. Um, there's drama as well as medicine. And my obviously my special interest is medicine because I am a nurse and I'm a bit of an anorak. I've inherited that from dad. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I love I love how the drama is, how they make relationships with the patients each episode, and just the overarching story is usually pretty good as well. The ones that happens with the hospital staff. So who would like to talk about their favourite show next? I will. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Yes. By absolute. Oh my! It is everything I need and everything I need to feel sad and for some reason I love it perfect for those who don't know Bojack Horseman is a cartoon horse that's a depressed alcoholic ex-tv star and it's him going through life ruining stuff and it just I don't want to ruin the ending but it's just it ends so well because it's so realistic I haven't watched the final season yet because Bojack Horseman hits me right oh my god and i am not emotionally ready to watch these um final season yet because it's heavy there's some episodes i can't watch because i just start crying immediately <laughs> i need a good cry i watch certain mm. episodes i watch free churro that makes me cry oh god yes like, I, I don't know what because i didn't want to put this as my comfort show because it's not but it low-key is as well it just gives you it's like the equivalent of putting on a sad song Yes. I've watched snippets because part of my partner has uh, watched it, but um, it never seemed like my type of show because mm. obviously I've obviously not walked in during the sad bits or don't have the emotional connection to the characters because I've not watched it. Um, so, yeah, I've never watched it because it didn't seem like my kind of show. But he has proved me wrong in recent years that I don't add that. What's it called? Big, Big Mouth. Mm. I thought that would not be my kind of show. And then I actually sat down and watched it 
fucking hilarious. <laughs> so there, I probably need I to reevaluate. It made me cringe. Same. <laughs> kind of. It is one of those shows. It's again, yeah. it's, a, a, it's a Marmite show. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because either it's super super cringy which i do get there's some episodes that i'm sat there going i'm gonna pause this for a minute and recall yeah i need myself. to write <laughs> um, and then other times i'm pissing myself laughing like the hormone mo- monster's penises so funny <laughs> he has pet little penises um but yeah i think again with bojack it would be something that i would have to give a go but i would mean that i would actually have to sit down and watch some new television i yeah, watched... you can't have it in the background if you have never no. watched it before yeah. you have to like watch it um, I recently watched, it was a psychologist reacts type thing, and he reacted to a bunch of different um, psychological episodes within TV shows or movies, and one of the ones he did was Bojack, and he's like, this is exactly correct. This is a really good representation of what happens. I think it was the it was a panic attack. This is exactly what happens during a panic attack. This is how you should help with a panic attack. They did that completely correctly. And, you know, all the steps that they did were really, really good. And honestly, I think it just goes to show um, the writers are coming from experience. They know exactly what they're talking about in that show. Oh, yeah. And it's like they predicted things. It was so weird because the whole, you know, the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Yeah. That came out after... Bojack did an entire season where essentially Bojack was the the Harvey Weinstein of the mm. like he was doing all that kind of like taking advantage of young women blah 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 and he was effectively cancelled before yeah. it was like even though cancelling has been a thing but before it was in a tribute to the Me Too movement yeah and it was before that came out and I was like oh my god so it shows a that Hollywood do be like that and b they just get it they get it it was wild i think it's one of the few shows that have um realistic um portrayals of mental health of of um struggling with mental health because a lot of shows use it for drama and um a lot of the times you know they'll have a character will have something happen to them they'll have a character arc where it affects them you know ptsd or or anything like that and then after a few episodes, they're like, right, we're done with that character arc. They're completely fine now. Yeah. Not how that works, people. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I think, yeah. Um, That's one of the reasons I really like Bojack. Because n- no one's ever... It, it's a very realistic portrayal of getting better as well. Yeah, even the characters that you think. Like Mr. Peanut Butter and things like mm. that. Like They are all dealing with stuff. It really humanizes, despite the fact that most of them are animals. <laughs> yes. It really does humanize them. And I think they did it with animals because I guess if it was humans, it would be too real. Yeah. You, yeah. Thi- you could do more things with an animal because he's essentially just like a person. Who voices it? Is it Will Arnett? Uh, Will Arnett is Bojack. Bojack, yeah. So, like, it essentially is just like a guy doing all these things, but because he's in the shape of a horse, I feel like he could be a lot more outrageous. But still realistic. I'm not gonna lie. Less I went into Bojack thinking this was just a dumb cartoon for adults. I Same. thought it was gonna be a very yeah. sort of, you know, really? yeah. <laughs> and then it just got really real. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop, take a moment, and then I'm gonna restart it again, knowing what I'm actually getting myself into. <laughs> 
theme though in coming coming years last few years of pe- uh, people using cartoons to predict things that we've all been through but it makes it a bit less real for for us like for especially as adults because there's a lot more animated shows for adults i find now than they used to be i think they finally figured out that cartoons aren't just for kids i mean one of my favorite shows is archer that's a cartoon and that is 100% not for kids. Oh my God, it is not for kids in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, that promotes so many things that I definitely don't want any kids no. to know about. No. I mean, yeah, so I, I I don't know if I could ever say I have a favourite show. Uh, it's really hard for me to just sort of pick one because it's, it's like with music. I don't necessarily have a favourite artist. I have songs that I really like and albums that I really like but I couldn't just say there is one that stands above the rest um but that being said one of the tv shows that I always go back to is Community yes it's so good I don't really watch the last two seasons I get about halfway through I think it's um no I get about halfway through like season four or something and then I'm like you know what I'm just gonna start back at the beginning (laughs) but I mean for me that's because um spoiler alert I guess uh the character roster changes around those times because um unfortunately the main characters had other things that they had to get on with which you know what fair enough because childish Gambino yes um yeah but so community is um done by dan Harmon, same guy does rick and morty in fact they actually watched rick and morty in one of the um, episodes and uh it is a portrayal of a group of people who go to community college we don't really have community college in england i'm not sure if there is a sort of a like for like thing in england but basically um they have to gain credits and then they get the equivalent of what i think is a high school diploma or something like that i don't really i didn't go to higher education is it a degree i yeah i I don't really but it's just i think it's a paid for college so even though all college is paid for it's like you pay for the class yes a class and each class gives you a credit towards something and you need x amount of credits in like language and yeah american college works differently even if you don't go to community college to us because we go off and do a degree and just study that one subject but they can minor in something else and i don't get how it works and i'm not going to pretend I do. yeah so <laughs> blowing past <laughs> the technicalities of it but basically it's um oh god it's one two three four five six people it's a group of six people who go to community college and they all find each other uh during a study group which is put together because one of the characters is trying to sleep with another one of the characters. And honestly, it's just so funny. I, I don't I can't do it justice <laughs> trying to describe it. But I just find it's really funny. And it's it's uh, meta and referential humor, which is my favorite kind of humor. So they're constantly referencing pop culture, TV shows, um, video games, and um, there's a lot of um, meta jokes about general cliches in TV. And the little higher education I did, I did media studies, and my dad is a hobbyist movie person. So, um, and he does everything from like screenplays to recording, camera people, production, all of that sort of stuff. So I've had my hand in all of it. I love it. I love it. It speaks to me on just a whole other level. So 
yeah, I just find it really, really funny. And it's it's something I can quote constantly. And it's it's almost like Simpsons. There's almost a quote for anything in community. Um, no matter the situation, there is probably a community reference that you can pull there. And yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I think it's just one of my favorite shows. I think it just helping our group of friends. You can literally quote anything, and at least one person will probably know what you're talking true, about. True, true. I love that. Like, I mean, now that I know, because obviously I I love community as well. Mm. So like, when I like something, I go deep. I want to yes. know why it ended. I want to know what happened. I want to know what. So like, the first three seasons were the same writer, and then they got a new writer. And then there was interpersonal struggles between the cast members. And um, obviously, as we know, like, Troy left. And then, you know what? Yeah. Pierce is a horrible guy in real life, but he is my like, <laughs> unpopular opinion, but he's my favourite character. Well, that's the thing. That's what they started saying is all they the did worst. was start, they started writing um, Chevy Chase, who's the actor. They just started yeah. taking actual things Chevy Chase said and then putting it into Pierce's script. And Chevy had no idea that they were literally quoting him. Because and that, that they did that in the show as well. Like because he was just he's not a good guy, but his character of Pierce is so overblown and mm. funny. It makes we we're laughing at him. No one he's not anyone's favorite character because he's a nice guy. Yeah, I love when shows do that. But yeah, yeah, like so. What are you saying? But the writer it wasn't the writer left. It was Dan Harmon, the creator. Oh, co-creator, oh. something like that. Producer. He left. Uh, he got fired due to reasons um and so he wasn't there for season four which is the season where they all graduate and you know there's two more seasons after that so clearly he continued six seasons in a movie so um uh is it oh wait it might be season three. Oh, i'm getting confused i don't remember i what i've been to watch the whole thing so i get confused as to which season is which mm-hmm. um but yeah, he then comes back the season after and they refer to the previous season as the gas leak year. And they, um, I mean, there's still continuation and they still build on what happened there. But they also kind of gloss over a few things and they just write it off as the gas leak year because you can tell there is a massive difference in the storylines and the way the characters develop. Everyone becomes character car- caricatures of themselves. Um, which, 100%. which is something that happens in a lot of TV shows, to be fair, especially when they start running out of ideas. I was just uh, going to say, yeah, when it goes on that little bit too long, yeah. people start watching the show because they like the characters, not because they care about what's happening to them. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then when they brought Dan Harmon back, they kind of, that's why the first episode is called Repilot, because he's basically trying to start from scratch again um, and and developing these characters. And then it's during that season. So um, Chevy Chase doesn't come back, um, or he has one cameo as a hologram, and then hologram, I think yeah. it's like five episodes in, Troy leaves. Um, they make a joke about Scrubs, about how, um, oh, who's the character in Scrubs who leaves at the end of this final season? Oh, JD. Yeah, yeah, they make a joke about how JD um, abandoned Scrubs, and yeah, I don't know, it's really funny. <laughs> I will say though to anyone that hasn't watched community and is thinking about watching it you should watch it on i think is it on hulu as well not on netflix because on netflix, netflix has taken a... away the dungeons and dragons episode yeah, now they, they have yeah. their reasons for taking that down personally i disagree but that's a whole different conversation yeah but it takes away so much context as to why the group hate pierce so much yeah 
because I was re-watching it like a month or so ago and I was like I forget like they're so mean to Pierce I know he's jarring I know he's all sorts but what happened then I realized they forgot the date well they removed the Dungeons and Dragons episode so there's like literally a whole hour where he's just non-stop being horrendous and that's why the group hate him so much so it takes away so much context they removed that episode yeah because I remember that episode because actually I think last time I watched it was at Crystal's but I remember that episode it does show his true colours yeah. he is so awful in that episode mm-hmm. to everyone including the person they're meant to be cheering yeah. up while doing the Dungeons and Dragons and it's like why are you like this? <laughs> exactly. I mean yeah <laughs> I mean yeah that's the thing is so I, I've decided I've, I'm always watching Community just at any given time Community's probably on but um, I did notice that I was watching the pilot on Netflix because I just watch it on, it swaps between like Prime and Netflix. So I just watch it on whatever is on there. And the first episode starts and it just suddenly starts what what I feel in the middle of the episode. I'm like, what the hell? And I was like, there's a whole scene here where he's fumbling with the stereo and, it, and a rap song comes on. They cut that all out. And all throughout the episode, they cut out huge chunks of it. And basically, it's uh, it's almost like a radio edit. What is on Netflix is actually a radio edit of Community. Most of the episodes are there in their, you know, full form, but quite a few of them are actually chopped up or just missing entirely. So um, I'm planning on investing <laughs> and um, buying, like, the the actual episodes um, because I can't trust Netflix to actually show the episodes in, you know, the way they were meant to be. I mean, that's what killed Firefly, guys. That's what killed Firefly. Um, but no, so it's like the Watershed shed episodes, because going back to Big, Big Bang 3, there's some jokes that if you say watch it on Channel 4, don't make sense because they've had to cut out the punchline because they've said something like bitch. Mm. And obviously for Watershed, you can't use those kinds of words. I didn't so, even know they swore in Big Bang Theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple of times they say bitch, but if you watch it on Channel 4, they've cut obviously the end of the scene because they can't show it before Watershed. Because, um, you know, when I lived at my parents' house, you would just stick on E4 or Channel 4 and they would have a, like, three-hour slot of just different comedy shows that would play back-to-back. Um, but, yeah, and Crystal's right, that's what killed Firefly. Um, we put a, show the pilot first and in full form. Yeah, they just start in the middle of a random episode where there's no character development because it's about a freaking train heist. <laughs> uh, we are not still bitter about the fact that Firefly got cancelled because um, Fox ruined it. <laughs> Damn you, Fox! Ooh, so I wouldn't really say I have a favourite show, but I definitely have, like, comfort shows that I will just put on, like, all of the time. So, like, if I'm doing something else, I'll put on in the background, or, like, if I'm trying to fall asleep, I'll I'll put it on in the background. And, like, probably my go-to one is Peep Show. Like, I always find myself going back to Peep Show. I think it's super cringy and awkward, and very quotable and i yeah i i could i could quote every single episode i i just enjoy it i know it's like a very like it's another one of those shows where people either seem to really love it or really hate it because of how awkward it is um but i just find it really funny yeah i find it's very it's very cringe humor and i don't like that Mm. like i have turned things off before because they're too cringy because i just feel awkward for them and i know that's the point but it's just I can't sit in that uncomfortability of it. Yeah. But I feel like that's very much what the Brits like. Yeah, I was just going to say, it is like the epitome of British humour peep show. Yeah. Here's why all the comedy shows I watch are American. 
because yeah quite a lot of our, our re- most recent like set of comedies to come out of the uk are definitely awkward humor and i just can't sit with it whereas mm. if we go back to 80s give me some black adder or some red dwarf do that yeah i must say though another one like on the kind of American comedy side that I have been watching a lot lately is Superstore on Netflix. Like, <gasps> Love it. Yeah. Apparently it's hilarious. It's so I've been told I should watch it. If you've ever work, worked in retail, yeah. apparently then, it's the most hilarious thing you've ever watched. Yeah, if you've ever worked in any kind of like customer facing job, like the, it's, it, it like follows all the people who work in the store, which is like funny in itself. But then it does this like really clever thing where in between scenes it will just cut to like customers doing really weird stuff in the store like trying things and then just like putting them back on the shelf and like like some of it flashbacks, is awful flashbacks. But you, yeah like some of it is really awful like it will show like like there's a scene where a kid picks up like a potty off the shelf and uses it and then just puts <sighs> it back and you think like that does actually happen. Yeah, that does <laughs> like, happen. It's so horribly relatable, but it's really good. That's like very quickly becoming another like comfort show for me. Just like the rewatchability is just really good. I would recommend. I love that it's not finished. Is I it's think they are they doing like a? I thought they were doing like a final season. Oh, are they? Well, the one on that because I finished the the stuff on Netflix, but yeah. they left it on such a cliffhanger. I thought they were gonna. I don't know. I'm scared to Google it just in case. It's, yeah, it's not coming back. It. But it, it, yeah, it is so good. Have you watched Good Girls? Yeah. I only mention it because the shop they go to in Good Girls is Superstore. Is it the same one? Yeah. I, they I have did the not know and that. Everything. <laughs> they're, they're in Cloud Nine, and I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, I did not put those two together. I'll have to rewatch it now and like have a look. No, none oh. of the characters were in it, but it made me happy. Oh yeah, I love Superstore. It's so good. Oh, it's so funny. I think uh, it's one of those shows that I liked instantly. Yeah, like, but the first episode was so strong. It was just like, yep, yeah, I could, I could watch all of this in one go. Also, weird side note, Gara. I've seen him in other things, and it's weird seeing him walking. Is that bad to say? <laughs> I didn't know he wasn't actually in a wheelchair. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. What was he in? He was in something mm. I was watching the other day. It was a comedy as well, I think. But, oh, what was he in? I do not remember. But he was kind of like, he was a side character, so it wasn't like a big deal. But yeah. he was just walking, and I was like, that's not Garrett. Garrett's in a wheelchair. Oh, maybe he's not then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen him in anything else. What is your favourite show at the moment, or of all time? Emily's make a very good um, segue into comfort shows. That's what we were going to talk about next, what our comfort shows are. So... I know Crystal's is probably around a similar vein as mine because most of my comic, uh, comfort shows are sitcom based from America because one, I've watched them a billion times and two, even when the jokes are no longer funny because I've seen it a billion times, it's still really entertaining to watch and have in the background. Um, so I've got Scrubs, Hi, I Met Your Mother, Big Bang Theory, of course, and Friends. So I always usually have one of these four on the go as like my background show. It's good at least two of them have um, over 10 seasons worth of content. <laughs> I have never got Friends. I only watched Friends very recently. I'd never actually really seen really? it before. Um, so it was on... Like, I want to say I gave it a go as well. I watched the like an entire season because my friends used to go off about how Friends were so... And they used to make references that I wouldn't get because I just didn't interest me. But I said, you know what? Let me do it. What's your favourite season? Let me watch it. What I gave it a full go. I just didn't find it funny. I don't get it. I really don't get Friends. 
I think some some of the friends that started in the mid nineties is it is it the the first like four or five seasons are a little bit dated. Um, but if you were old enough in the nineties to remember some of the references, I think that's why it's funny to mm. some people in their late twenties still because obviously we were kids during that time. We remember all of this stuff. The thing I see a lot about Friends is it's not funny. It's nostalgic. Because I say I watched it and to be fair, I did find some episodes funny. Um, I did laugh a bit. I mean, I watched it every episode from season one to end of season 10. And you know what? I missed it up a little bit at the end of season 10, you know, for the finale. But uh, I I had none of the nostalgia, really. I had the, the most nostalgic thing I had was like, oh, look, they're using a landline. I remember landlines, you know, it it's definitely one of the things that made me keep watching it was nostalgia. Yeah, it's I I have this thing quite often. I think it's because obviously I watch a lot of American sitcoms. I don't necessarily find them funny, but I find them entertaining and that's why I watch them. Yeah. Um I forgot to put Brooklyn Nine Nine on a nine on my list. How rude. <laughs> How did I not put Brooklyn Nine Nine on my comfort show list? Because that's one of my other shows that I have like, running in the background. Yeah, that being said, I love um sitcoms under the same vein as friends so my favorite one is probably how i met your mother um which Mm. um you know you know maybe the season finale is only half an hour because the rest of it we don't talk about but (laughs) um i really like everyday sitcoms so it's just everyday friends doing everyday things there's nothing ridiculous that happens i mean he does get beat up by a goat but you know (laughs) um (laughs) it's uh it's very much rooted in reality and it's gone to the point where i'm you know i i don't know especially at the age i am now um so you know i'll be turning 30 next year it's the similar sort of age where a lot of people in these sitcoms are is is usually there's always like a special episode where one of them turns 30 or um because even friends has has a whole episode dedicated to a how i met your mother has an episode on it and watching it now it's um it makes me feel better about some things i have to say like you know people seem to think 30 is the end of your life but if you're watching these sitcoms they turn 30 in like earlier seasons and then they continue living life they don't suddenly grow old they don't suddenly expire or anything like that and that helped me a lot with some of the nervousness i had approaching 30 you know and i feel like with the 30 thing most of them actually start their what we would class as socially acceptable adult life of settling down and having children after they turn 30 like i think only in how i met your mother they get engaged really early but then they break up and then have a long engagement after and then they still have a big gap after they get married before they have. oh yeah they see and it shows Sure, it's okay to still go out and have fun and you don't need to rush to go do these things. These things will still be yeah, there. Yeah, if I recall correctly, if there's eight seasons, I'm pretty sure they have their kid in season seven, but they get married in season two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and each season is about a year, so that's four, five, six, seven. That's five years. Um, and they turn 30 in, like, season two or season three as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, or at least in one of the earlier seasons. So, it's yeah, it's, um, I think that helps take some of the pressure off i guess you know a lot of them don't have their career sorted out yet which is a you know big thing i worry about and you know it it makes me feel a lot more 
I, I find they're very relatable a lot of the time. Like, obviously, I don't have any weird extra drama going on in my life. I'm not getting beaten up by a goat or anything like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I really, my comfort shows are generally rooted in some form of reality. Because even with community, a lot of the humor is reference humor. That's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of the jokes I make are referencing a joke from a TV show or a movie or, or anything like that. So even though community has some very surreal things, um, for me, it's still very relatable and very rooted in reality. And um, I think, um, yeah, that, that's the main thing I have about my comfort shows is they make me feel heard. They make me feel seen. And I know exactly what's going to happen because I have watched it infinite amount of times. I know exactly which episodes to skip. I know what episodes are my favorite, which I could just watch eight times in a row. Um, I know exactly what's going to happen. And there's no surprises anymore, which I think is very important for a comfort show. <laughs> I still can't believe you skip episodes. I wouldn't do that. That's I just, cannot watch the <laughs> countdown episode. I can't watch it. As soon as I see that countdown start on How I Met Your Mother, sorry. As soon as I see that um, countdown start, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I skip that on the next episode. I can't do it. I, I, I know that people say a lot of things about the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I skip that too. Fuck but yeah. <laughs> um, but it, well, the, the thing that I find with all of my comfort shows, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because they're about to air their final season, is they've all stopped themselves. They've not been cancelled. Yeah. Okay. Scrubs tried to have a comeback, and we ignore the comeback. But um, like like Big Bang Theory, they stopped themselves. So it had a nice finalized ending. The same with Friends. The same with How I Met Your Mother. Uh, how I Met Your Mother was it, uh, they kept extending it, and the writers had run out of ideas, which is why the last season takes um like it's a twenty episode season, but it takes place over three days, and then the last episode yeah. is twenty years or something like that. It's um yeah yeah there was yeah, there was I, an element of the producers fucking with them which is why the last season is not the best season uh if they had just let it die the way they wanted it to then they would have been fine the, the main complaint though with the last season how you met, met your mother is normally that i hear isn't about the whole season it's how how it, it ends ends like that last final it, sequence with the mother and a ted and it was only meant to be about four seasons which um, yeah. means we didn't, we wouldn't have had all of the character development that we did have. Um, which is why in the last episode, everyone suddenly reverts to who they were about, you know, four seasons ago, um, because that's when the ending was written with those characters in mind. Those characters had changed and matured and everything because it went on for four more years than they were expecting. And uh, and also, um, the ending ending must have been determined before, like way Season beforehand, because they had to record the kids. Well, yeah, well, they had to record the kids before the kids grew yeah. up. I, I think they should have gone with the joke where the kids had grown by eight years. <laughs> I would have found that <laughs> a lot more funny than the fact that it this apparently all of these stories happened in a matter of like an hour or something like that. Um, yeah, I just, but they're all like, they all have like that f final ending that seems like it's planned, not rushed. Yeah. Like, you know, when a show gets cancelled and then either you don't get your ending because it's been cancelled or they rush an ending. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, it gives you, gives, you, gives you that. So those are my comfort shows. Obviously, occasionally I do stick something on like Firefly or House, but sometimes they're, they're, they're a bit heavy and you sometimes just need a lightheartedness comfort mm. show. 
I I feel a bit like behind in terms of like American sitcoms because I still haven't watched like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Sorry, highly recommended. Highly, but you now might as well wait until next year when um, the final season will be on Netflix and you can yeah, watch then it all I can just go. watch it all in one go. I feel like it's always been one of those shows that I always like meant to watch and then just kind of never, never really watched. You mean like my whole list on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, don't even get me started about my list on Netflix. Oh god, it goes on for screens and screens and screens, and I've only seen like four of them. <laughs> I think one one I will say though that is very like very different to what I usually watch. So when um when when I got COVID in January, obviously I couldn't really do much other than sit and watch TV. And four in a bed has now become a very big staple. <laughs> in my life um i've gone through pretty much all of them now i'm at the point where now i'm like re-watching and i'm like oh yeah i remember this person um and that's that's been quite nice that's quite a good show to just like have on in the background but i also get really really into it it's um, so good because it has the yeah. element of drama as well because it's like are they going to be the yeah. type to go into the bed and look for dust yes they are <laughs> yeah and then when they start getting all sassy with each other and i'm like yes this is like peak adulthood and I am I am okay with it. I feel like it goes hand in hand with like Come Dine With Me because that is my comfort show. Yeah. It's just so like, I love, sometimes they do like the episodes where it's like four or five in one, but I like it when you, every person has a full episode. Like, yeah. That yeah. is my afternoon now. <laughs> <laughs> where it's across the whole week and you're like, yeah, I can just sit and watch this all now. So apart from come dine with me, Louise, you have any comfort shows? Beyond Scared Straight. Okay, hear me out. It's hilarious. <laughs> Just, <laughs> there's something about um, the fact that I watched Orange is the New Black and they did a Beyond Scared Straight episode. I'll, I'll say what it is first. So basically it's like troubled teens going into prisons and being scared by prisoners so they don't end up in prison. That and sounds healthy. Okay. And... They did a episode <laughs> in um, uh, Orange is the New Black where they did the Beyond Scared Straight and they, like, kids would come in, like, you know, 13-year-olds that are, like, on, doing drugs and sneaking out and blah, 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 get suspended and they would kind of intimidate them and then... So it kind of made me think, like, oh, yeah, the prisoners that they're showing these kids are fences, but they want to hype it up because it's a safeguarding issue, right? So taking away that aspect of prisoners talk to them, it sounds weird to be a comfort show, but it's the wholesomeness of it because whilst you have the initial from school every day, blah, 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 I don't care about my mama, and then they get there and immediately, oh, that is comforting to me. If it comforts you, that's all a comfort show is about. You could watch your serial killer documentary. If you find it comforting, go for it. Yeah, I do not find serial killer documentaries comforting. If anything, I start locking my doors and windows. (laughs) (laughs) You live upstairs. (laughs) They might have ladders. I don't know. I think it doesn't take much to get me comforted, though. I tend to... A warm blanket and my sofa with something on. I'm good. I tend to fly (laughs) off the handles at every little thing. Like, I tend to be very... Not, I was going to say skittish, I don't think that's the word. Very like, if something doesn't go right, I'm so easily going right my whole days where I'm stressed yeah. entirely. You're easily triggered. Yeah, yeah. You're easily triggered. Yeah. So I feel like maybe my mind has like adapted to I can find comfort in most things. So if there's a way for my brain to be like, ah, oh, you're not stressed anymore, my brain will be like, okay, I'm running, I'm running with it. 
rolling with it. As long as I'm sitting down, I should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I've um. I feel that in my soul. I've got a corner sofa, so what I do is I just get a bunch of pillows, a bunch of blankets, and I nest in the corner of the corner sofa, so I can properly like lie down. Um, the second I sit down, a cat will appear and sit on me or next to me, wherever they feel comfortable. And yeah, I just throw on a comfort show and maybe maybe have a cup of tea or something like that. And honestly, yes, it's so nice. I love my little nest. And it just, it, it's like, no matter what is going wrong in my life, I stick on, I stick with How I Met Your Mother, I stick on community. You know what? I'm in their world now where whatever my problems are don't exist. Exactly. I want to think about Meow Meow Beans. I don't want to think about right? anything else. <laughs> so listeners, what are your comfort shows? Let us know in the comments below or on our socials. What would you recommend to watch? Apart from everything yeah, I'm just gonna say, really like, I'm thinking... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I think if I was going to recommend anything, it would definitely be dependent on the person I'm recommending things yeah. to. But if you're looking for um, a show where it's you know relatable and such that's where i'd go for like my my comfort shows i'd say that's why that's important to me and that's why i would recommend them if you're looking for something that you can get lost into but is based in reality as much as tv shows can be then yeah you know how i make mother community all those sort of shows um that's what i'd recommend but if you're more interested in getting lost in like a fantasy world like i mean i love good omens obviously i've talked about that in the book podcast a lot um, I've watched that uh, miniseries so many freaking times. I love that. And, um, and that is entirely based in fantasy. You get lost in a fantasy world of angels and demons and such. But then another show that I really, really like is actually The Crown. For me, it's... Yeah, I love The Crown. It's so... <laughs> I always describe it as like really trashy upper class first world problems. And... All drone shots. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's the thing is I love watching that, and that makes me feel better about my own problems because um, you know they're I don't know some of the things they complain about I think are just a bit silly like oh I don't get to be king I have to be prince regent or something like that, and um, for me I'm just like you get to be a freaking prince who cares you live in a freaking castle get over yourself. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I love the ridiculous, uh, over-pronouncing, uh, what's it called? The Queen's English? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I love all that. And I also really, as I say, I'm really into, like, history. And it's really quite interesting watching it because it's more or less based in history. I remember, um, the whole thing with Diana. They were trying to say, oh yeah, no, we didn't treat her like that. And then, so all Netflix did was released all of that source material <laughs> where Diana confirmed, like, yeah, that happened, that happened, that happened, <laughs> like in interviews. So, um, yeah, it's, although they do take some, you know, they, they combine some characters or combine some events and they skip over some things. So it's, it's all generally based in, in history, which I find is fascinating. Crown gives me the same vibes I get from Below Deck. Hear me out. I don't like yeah. any of them. So it makes it so easy to watch because I'm invested in zero of their lives. I don't like oh, any yeah. of the characters. I There are zero stakes for me. And there is not even a character where I'm like, oh, you could maybe put it. Like, I, I'm, trying to, I'm struggling to think. Yeah. Is that Apart from Diana right now, yeah. there is no one that I'm kind of like, oh, I'm low-key rooting for you. 
And <laughs> for some reason, that that is interesting because it's like, I don't care about any of you, but I like watching because it is that escape from reality. And I'm not even getting that relatability aspect. And I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's just watching other people's lives fall apart. And I feel better about that. <laughs> <laughs> the only point I would like to make on the Diana storyline is there is in certain royalist circles um believe that diana was lying to the press so it's very hard to tell from her oh, yeah. interviews and charles's interviews who was telling the truth because they're both saying opposite things but yeah no i i think the the crown is is just i i it's yeah it's one of my fun shows because as as louise said I, you, you don't care about any of the characters and it's brilliant because i don't care what happens to them. in fact i know what happens to a lot of them as well i think that also ties into my I like to know what happens in a show. Um, you know, that's how it gets a, becomes a comfort show. But with The Crown, I know exactly what's going to happen because it's based in reality um, and they've only just sort of started to hit the early 90s. So um, they're probably going to have to yeah, stop. Yeah, they're going to run out of materials. Is it up for Harry and Meghan? I don't know. I really don't know what they'll do. It'll be very interesting to see how they handle it because... Um, I think for now they wouldn't be able to because it's still so fresh and in mm. the public eye. They'd probably have to wait for it to be a few years. Yeah, no, I, I, at least. I haven't lived into it much, but I reckon there's probably only going to be like a couple more seasons. Probably, um, they're probably only going to go up until like 2010 or something like that. Um, oh God, it's 2021. That's 10 years ago. Oh God, no, yeah. I did it. I did it again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think there's only going to be a few more seasons before either they, they might just hiatus it for a bit and wait for some more material. Um, but I mean, that's the thing is there's only, I think, four seasons at the moment. And that covers from before Queen Elizabeth came, uh, became queen. She was um, princess uh, up until um, Diana and Charles have just about um, only just got married. Well, kind of. that's 80. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, we're at late 80s, early 90s at the moment. And so... As you can see, there's lots of time skips. <laughs> yeah, because the royal family go into hibernation. Yeah, themselves. yeah, doesn't everyone? Um, so my recommendation, seeing as we are, goths do a thing, goths do a podcast, would be Castlevania. Yes! yes! Oh my god, yes. yes! I, like, even just the first season with the whole, like, Dracula, Dracula stuff and following him as well as the monster hunters and everything else. And season four's just come out on Netflix and it, i've only watched two episodes so far and it is so good i haven't watched season four I'm, I'm watching it with my i'm watching it with my partner though so we're trying to find time when we're both free and apparently that <laughs> doesn't exist um <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it is it's so good and you follow the belmont the last belmont which is the family that hunts um demons and vampires and stuff and then you follow also the vampires and just i so want good. richard armitage um, to narrate my whole life for me <laughs> I, I, when I first started watching it, I was just like, eh, all right. And then Richard started talking, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm hooked. This is it. I, I can listen to this all the time. It's the only reason I watch the freaking Hobbit. It's just for his voice. It's so beautiful. Oh, Twitter became a stan yeah, account just... for him, like momentarily when I started watching Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just so. It's, uh, obviously, it's set. I don't even know how many years ago, and it's animated, but it's still so. Oh, yeah, so is good. it is it an official it's anime? Because just... I think like officially anime comes from Japan, but I, I believe this is an American production. Never. I don't know to be honest. I, it's in the anime style, mm. 
um, and it is animated. Um, but I don't know if it's an official anime. Our resident anime expert, Nikki, is not here. <laughs> I don't know if Louise no, knows. No, I don't. <laughs> Constitutes. In either way, it's really good. I, I Yeah, I love it. It's so good. And on the other things that you could watch, um, what I've been watching recently is uh, Mandalorian. Um, obviously, it's Star Wars based, but it's filmed in 4K and some of it is so pretty. And the main actor, I cannot remember his name, but he can, if he can act that well with a helmet on, I want to see a film with him in, with him actually being able to see Game of Thrones. Face. That would include me watching Game true, of Thrones. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> Mandalorian is really good, yeah. And you, it is standalone as well. You don't actually have to have almost any understanding of Star Wars in order to watch it. No, because they do set it up in some ways so well for the Mandalorian part of it. And it's just, I yeah, I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. It's just being a bit slow on finishing season two. I will hopefully finish it before season three gets released but you know this is me anything can happen <laughs> i'm really excited for lucifer the last season of lucifer's coming out soon um i love uh, lucifer constantine all of that um i've got the constantine hellblazer comics which i think i mentioned a lot before um but yeah constantine tv show with matt ryan brilliant that got that was one of the ones that got cancelled and just doesn't it just ends suddenly and that makes me very very sad yeah oh that also that cliffhanger exactly that episode i'm like are you freaking what (laughs) so um but uh yeah that that show is only like one season i highly recommend if you're into like um demons and magic and stuff like that it's really really good matt ryan is just perfect he is almost exactly what i want constantine to be um that being said i still love the constantine movie with keanu reeves it's technically canon and i'm here for it anyway um yeah, and uh, so Matt Ryan's Constantine has actually appeared in Arrow and something else. And he has a crossover with Lucifer, the TV show, with Tom Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer. Lucifer is meant to look like David Bowie. Tom Ellis does not look anything like David Bowie, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to accept it. Um... But yeah, I really, really, really love the Lucifer TV show. It's got almost nothing to do with the comic books. Totally different storyline. <laughs> but um, it follows Lucifer, who is, you know, the devil, um, chilling on Earth and just making besties with a police department. And it's it's a police procedural TV show, except there's also angels and demons. And I love it. I love it so much. He's so funny. Oh, my God. But there's also quite a lot of drama in Lucifer. Um, I've screamed at that show so many times out of just like frustration, like, oh my God, just say the thing or just do it. Like, but yeah. <laughs> Anything else people would recommend? I would say on the note of anime, now I'm thinking of it, a good all-round anime to recommend to literally everyone, and I'm sure no one else would disagree, Death Note. Yes. Yeah. It is is smart. It is gripping. Everyone roots for someone. And honestly, 10 out of 10. I could rewatch that. I could watch it tonight. Yeah. And I would like to all our listeners make a point of saying please do not watch the live action. Just watch the actual anime. Do not watch Lakeith Stanfield as L. Why did they make him so twitchy? They made L really twitchy, I'm just, yeah. and they made um, was they made light really emotional. Like that's the whole, the whole point, point is, a psychopath. is that yeah, the whole point is that they're so like 
focused on their goal and they're both so unemotional and not affected. But in here, he's like in live action. I mean, first of all, it's in like what New York or something and not Japan, which they have to do so many flips to make everything make sense to sell in Japan. But they make him so emotional and it's so annoying because it's like the real light would just do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 the whole point. Yeah, but to be fair, every live action of a anime that I've seen or heard of always go down goes down like a lead balloon because it's so bad because they never stay true to it. I don't understand. Every time it's gone badly, the main criticism is stick to what it was. But they always want to make it different. Well, the thing is, a lot of the times it's Americanized, and they're trying to appeal to American audiences, and they don't understand that they liked it. And and yeah, and, anime audiences, people who like these things, they don't care where it's set. Like you know, yeah, they just imagine want it to watching be... an anime and going, "I'd like this better if it was in London." No, cares. <laughs> you know, just keep it context and you know context appropriate, and keep it close to the source material. The problem here is, is they're trying to appeal to people who don't like anime. And it's yeah. just like, well, no, no, okay, don't do it. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for us. <laughs> Following on from the, like, anime recommendations, since apparently we're doing this now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if any of you haven't watched Demon Slayer Ooh. on Netflix, I would highly recommend. Yeah. I, like, I watched it just because I'd seen that a few people who I know have good taste in anime, was saying it was really good. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched the whole the whole thing in two days. Like, I just I just watched all the way through it. There's now a movie. It's um, it's it's excellent. I would really, really recommend. I added it's it on my to my list too. <laughs> yeah, I added mm. it to my list on your recommendation. I still haven't sat down to watch it, mm. but um, um, yeah, it is there. It's, it's like, there. it's a high on the top because I think I finished all the other things I was going to watch. Because I've watched, um, uh, what's it called? Robots? Oh, is that the, the love one? Yeah, I think it's like Love, Death and Robots. Mm. Yeah. Something like that. It's, um, it's a bunch of uh, one-shots where um, each episode is completely self-contained. Um, there's no overarching thing. First season was really, really good. Bear in mind, it's incredibly graphic incredibly graphic so make sure you know that going in but it's really good um a lot of the stories like they'll some of them will have a moral some of them won't and it will just f you up (laughs) 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 like there's some time loop ones that are just like oh my god um but yeah they're really really good some of them are really really funny as well um so yeah that's that was i think the last thing i needed to catch up on so i think i'll um head over to demon souls but talking of anime my favorite anime is Fruits Basket. I love it so much. It's got, um, I've only watched the OG one, I've not actually watched the new one yet, um, but I'm a massive fan of the manga, and I, I read the manga like once a, once a year. I can only handle it once a year because I get too emotional. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's easily my favourite anime, and it's completely different. It's, 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 I mean, it's not wholesome. It's not, it, it's really hard to explain without sort of going too far into it. Yeah, but basically, there's a lot of you know bad parenting and neglect and um, you know those those sort of things. So trigger warning there. Um, but it's this really is this the main character is a 
um, is an optimist and just tries to find the best in everyone and the best in everything, even though they've been dealt a really awful hand in life. And she meets this family who have been cursed um, into turning into uh, the animals of the Zodiac. And oh my God, almost every episode is just heart-wrenching. There's a few filler episodes, but yeah, if I need to cry or, or I just need to feel things, I put that on and I feel every emotion. Oh my God. But like filler episodes in anime get a bad rap because I usually quite enjoy them. I like that it's a little break from the main storyline. But then it happened in Fairy Tale and there was like a whole filler month and I stopped yeah. watching because of that. And I'm like, okay, now I know why people hate filler. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. I don't mind filler episodes, it's filler seasons that I don't like. I think it, because I, I think I did the same with Fairy Tale. It was basically just a season of filler and I just turned it off because I was like, nothing's happening. None of this yeah. matters. Especially with anime because <laughs> I don't speak Japanese and I like to watch subbed um, because with dubbed, they use the same actors sometimes and it messes me up. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I like to watch subbed so it's I, I'm like watching and like actually concentrating on it. So when yeah. I'm not, I'm putting in so much effort because my attention spans all over the place. So reading text as well as watching takes mm. a lot of effort so when i'm watching it i'm just like still like i've been i've watched three episodes and still nothing's happening i'm gonna stop and what shows would you recommend because we're always looking we're always looking don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and you can follow us on instagram at goths do a thing and on our twitter at goths do a thing and youtube's goths do a thing okay guys so that was our talk on our tv shows comfort shows even a little bit of anime in there we hope you enjoyed it next time we'll be discussing feminism how it's changed, what we think about it, and I hope you guys get in on the conversation too on all our socials.